Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, we will find our scripture text found in verses 41 through 43. In Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 41, you will find these words. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. The saints of God, I want to uh, talk to you from a series of lessons that will be entitled, Growing Up Day by Day. Growing Up Day by Day. The idea, amen, behind the subject of our lesson today Amen is the idea of spiritual maturity. Every baptized born again believer ought to be on the journey of spiritual maturity. Uh, the Bible uh, teaches theologically that salvation comes in three parts. The first part is called regeneration. That is when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and God sends the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And at that time, the Holy Spirit uh, enlivens, amen, your spirit that was dead in trespasses and sins. Now no longer are you dead to God, but now alive. There now is a relationship and connection to God where you can hear from the Lord and the Lord hears from you. Regeneration. But then the second of uh, the three parts of salvation is sanctification. Sanctification, its root word is to sanctify, which means to set apart. Every baptized born-again believer from regeneration starts the process of being set apart. Being set apart means that you begin to live differently than the world. You were once of the world, but now you're just in the world, but not of it. So the process of sanctification day by day you ought to be becoming more like a kingdom of God citizen than a kingdom of this world citizen. You ought to be changing. It may be so minute that you cannot tell, but there should be a process happening in you. 
Because there is a partnership in salvation when it comes through sanctification. Because you cannot be sanctified unless God sanctifies you. But God also allows us to play part in this by the decisions that we make day by day. I want you to know that you can stunt your growth. You can stunt your growth by the decisions that you make. If you make decisions to disobey God, you stunt your growth. You make decisions to obey God, you grow. So that is why, amen, that we are not all at the same place at the same time. Even two people that got saved the same day, amen, grows at different paces. Amen. And so that's one thing about this organism, amen, is that it grows, amen. The spiritual maturity, amen, comes through sanctification. And this growing day by day will be a continual process that does not complete until we get to glory. You will be forever in this life working on your building. As the metaphor that Paul the Apostle gives in the book of Ephesians, that we are a building fitted neatly together. You'll, you'll be working on this building because it has a lot of flaws. It has a lot of imperfections that need to be repaired and to means to be polished. There are some rough edges that need to be rubbed away. Amen. And that is a partnership between you and the Lord. Because the Lord is a gentleman. He will not push himself on you. But he will come in if you bade him to. Amen. Are y'all following me? So at the end of the salvation process, amen, is what we call glorification. That is the time at which we shall see our master face to face. And we shall be like him. Amen. We will not be him, but we will be like him. It is as the apostle of Paul says, is that we are being conformed to the image of his son. So that when the glorification process is complete, we shall shine in the glory of Jesus Christ. No longer will sin be a, a foe, will be an enemy for us because it will all be eradicated. No longer will we have the war of the sin of flesh against the spirit. Right now we have a spirit that wants to do God's will and a flesh that wants to disobey. And we war and fight with one another. But in the day of glorification, sin will be no more. So this lesson, amen, that we are embarking on deals with the second of the three. And that is sanctification. It is growing day by day and the first thing you must know is that God has left a gift for every believer so that they may grow and that gift is the church I don't know if you've ever thought about it in these terms but the church is a gift from God so that every member might grow together. God has a plan for his people that nobody is to be a long ranger. 
Nobody's to be all by themselves out here trying to do life all by themselves. That's not what God has called the believers to be. He has called us to be a church. God uses through the Apostle Paul another metaphor which he calls the body. The body is such a wonderful metaphor because the body is made up of many members. You have fingers and toes and eyes and ears and organs and arms and legs. You have all of these members that have to work together in order for the body to be at its optimal. But the right hand can't do what the left hand can do. Uh, the right leg cannot do what the left leg can do. Uh, the kidneys cannot do what the heart can do. And that's how God has his people set here. Every one of you are uniquely positioned and gifted to do something unique in the body of Christ. There are things that you can do individually that no other individual can. There are some things that we share, amen, just like the two hands can both lift a pot, amen, but they don't do it the same way, amen. And it's so it is with us. When you are growing in spiritual maturity, when you are growing day by day, you start to realize how important the church is. And the next thing about the church that you realize is that the church is not a place where you go, but the church is who you are. It is the people in this room that are the church. Jesus says in a place, he says, don't look here or don't look there for the church because the church is inside of you. And membership in the church comes with its privileges. Amen. Which leads us to our first verse. Church membership starts with obedience. Verse 41. Verse 41 says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. What was the word, amen, that is emphasized here by the physician Luke? It is the word found in verse 40 that says, Be saved from this perverse generation. See, those who heard that word understood their need, amen, for salvation. And they understood the perverseness of the generation that would lead them to an everlasting damnation. And so they received that word, not, not grudgingly, uh, uh, not with an attitude, but they received it gladly. That is another mark of a believer that's growing day by day, is that they receive the word gladly. See, the word does not always come to you easily. It does not always come comfortably. Sometimes the word challenges you. Amen. Sometimes the word cuts you because the word is dealing with sin in our lives. But when you're growing day by day, even when it hurts, you still receive the word gladly. Because you have an appetite for the word. And sometimes, you know, 
Folks want to hear it straight. Amen. They, they don't want to hear all the sugar coating. Amen. They've had enough of that. They need to take it straight. Amen. And it's when we receive the word straight. Amen. Is when the word does its work on us. Are y'all following me today? So church membership, being part of this gift of God, amen, called the church, it starts with obedience. You can't get past obedience and get in the church. There's no way because the obedience, you must first give your life to Jesus Christ, which is an act of obedience. And then that is the start of a life of obedience unto the Lord. Because church membership has its privileges. It is a privilege. You may not have thought about it this way, but a privilege to obey God. You know, there's some folk out there that can't obey God. Because they are completely cut off from the Lord. They don't have his spirit. They can't understand his word. Amen. Their minds are reprobate. And they're doing whatever Satan wills for them to do. But you are different. Because you're a church member that has privilege. You have the blessed privilege to be able to serve God. And to serve others by obeying his word. But it doesn't stop there. Amen. Uh, verse 42, church membership benefits are realized through devotion. Devotion. You know, devotion is a word that we kick around the church. And a lot of time we uh, associate devotion with what happens at the beginning of our service. Uh, singing and some, and, some, and some prayer, amen, a reading of the word. But the devotion that I'm talking about today is being devoted unto the Lord. It is that dogmatic tenacity to say, I'm going to stick with the Lord no matter what. No matter what my friends say, no matter how uh, my unregenerate relatives talk about me going to church and doing things for God, I'm going to keep doing it. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. That's devotion. But devotion is a thing that's seeming to fall by the wayside in many today. We don't have to look far but look in our church today. Amen. The devotion to the things of God is waning. Folks feel like, well, I can go to church this day and maybe I can go to church next week. I mean, it's not that important. Not the things that God has called us to do, well, I'll get to it when I have time. That's not devotion. See, devotion is when you know that you know that you know that every day is another day to please the Lord. And when we come together as a body, we are being obedient. Because the word of God says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, Forsake not the assembly of us together as some do. Because this is a time for admonishment, for warning, for encouragement in the word of God. Do you not know that when I see you, amen, you are encouragement 
to me. Just by your very presence because we serve the same master. The light in you reaches the light in me and it makes a difference, amen, for time and eternity. Because remember, only that which you do for Christ will last, amen? Amen, and so when we look at our text, verse 42, it says, and they continued steadfastly. See, that's uh, two words that could be replaced with the word devotedly. They continued and they didn't go to the left or to the right. They stayed steep, fed fast on their path. They stayed devoted and dogmatically tenacious toward the fact that they wanted to serve the Lord. But look how they served the Lord. See, this is why staying at home don't work. This is why looking at TV don't work. I, I hear folks saying it all the time. Say, I, I don't have to go to church in order to serve the Lord. And, and, and that's true partially. There are some things you can do, but you can't do it all being a Lone Ranger. There are some things that you can only do when the members of the body come together. Let's look at the text. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. First of all, they read the word and they did the word. Amen. There's some who hear the word, but they're not doers of the word. But to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine means they heard the word and they did the word. Because faith without works is dead. Are y'all following me today? When you look at the text, it doesn't just say that they heard the word and did the word. They followed through the doctrine, but they had fellowship. This word fellowship is the word kononia. It is a type of connection, amen, that only believers can have. That you have it in the spirit. We're not just connecting in the flesh in here. We connect in the spirit. And you can't connect in the spirit in fellowship if you're at home and I'm at church. Amen. You got to be together. There is something about when the saints of God come together. There's something about how God blesses that communion that he doesn't bless any other way. And fellowship is not a consumer-oriented idea. See, we live in a society now that loves to consume. It loves to consume media and entertainment and, 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 and outings and it loves to get, but it's not so keen on giving. But that's not how the church should operate. If you're going to grow day by day, you don't come into this assembly as a guest. You come in as a host. I, I want to say that one more time. When you come into the assembly of the believers, you don't come in as a guest to receive. You come in as a host 
to give. Every time we hit these doors, knowing that we are going to be together, we ought to be praying and seeking the Lord on what might I do today to make my brother or sister's life just a little bit better. How can I be a hospitable host to my loved ones here in this place while we are in this time together? Because think about it. Most of us, after we leave here today, we go out into a world, amen, and there's very few of us together. Most of the people around us don't know the Lord. Some of us are blessed to have some Christians around us, amen. But that's not the case with everybody. So it is this time for this group that we're together to encourage one another and to lift up one another, amen, while we have this special time together. Because we got to go back out into a mean and cruel world, amen. And so when we learn that we are to be hosts when we come together instead of guests, it will revolutionize your worship time together. And your growth in Christ will continue to continue to process and to proceed and to grow because you are now acting in the way that God has called us to act. We are to host one another. God said it is the one another's. We are to love one another. We are to pray for one another. We are to bear one another's burdens. And for this, we fulfill the law of Christ. Amen? And so we see in the text as well, it's doctrine, fellowship, and in the breaking of bread. In the breaking of bread in this text, amen, deals with two things. There is nothing like sitting down together and having a meal together. There, there's something communion. There's something uh, uh, that brings folks together when we eat together. Amen. And so God has intended his people to spend time together. To break bread together. In other words, they, they didn't just meet up and then disappear. No, they lived life together. They didn't just have one day settings. No, they lived their weeks together. But then also in the text, it is the idea as well of the Lord's Supper. When we come together to partake of the Lord's Supper, it is our opportunity to proclaim the Lord's death. It is a time that we are reminded of the very fact that Jesus died for us. It is a time that we are to remember of the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. That he gave his life so that we could be together. And then finally in prayer. A Christian that doesn't pray is worse than a dog that doesn't bark. A Christian that doesn't pray is worse than a dog that doesn't bark. How can you say that you are a Christian, Christian, follower of Christ, but you never talk with him? How, how can you do this when you never have a conversation with him? How can you have a relationship with him? You got to have prayer in your life. 
And God is not just talking about individual prayer here. He's talking about corporate prayer. He's talking about when the saints come together and pray on one accord. You can't do that as a long ranger. You've got to come together. If you want to grow day by day, you want to really proceed to spiritual maturity, you've got to be together. Christ has always planned for the saints to come together to do his will. Because we are not an arm or a leg, we are a body. Amen? And then finally, church membership is a life full of amazement. We ought to always be expecting the unexpected. As I close here with verse 43, it says, Then, after these things that they've done preceding this, that fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Verse 43 could be translated, And then amazement came upon every soul. The question I have today, are you still amazed at what God is doing in your life? Are you still amazed on a daily basis of how God uses you to be uh, something unique in this world? Are you still amazed that when he wakes you up in the morning and starts you on your way, that that's a miracle? Are you still amazed when God uses you to, to speak into somebody's life? Are you still amazed when somebody is distraught and don't know what to do and you begin to open your mouth and God gives you just a word that makes a difference in their day? Are you still amazed? Because you have to be amazed, amen, in order to see the wonderful wonders and signs that God is doing through you. If you lose your amazement, you'll be like that city, amen, that Jesus visited and he could hardly do anything there. He said he was only able to heal just a few people because their wood wouldn't catch on fire. Because they were so uh, comfortable with Jesus. They were so, oh, it's just Jesus today. I mean, they, familiarity breeds contempt. And if we get too familiar and lose our amazement, we'll be just like that, nothing but a bunch of dry bones. But God wants us to be loose and liquid. He wants us to be amazed. He wants us to expect the unexpected. In our everyday mundane life, he wants us to be looking for the unexpected. He wants us to be looking for things like this. Uh, just the other day, the, my wife and I, we went to the movies. And uh, after the movies, amen, we were getting ready to leave. And there was this gentleman, amen, who came up to me and he was saying, uh, Happy New Year. And I said, Happy New Year to you too. And, and we walked along a little bit longer. And all of a sudden, the man, you could see something in his eyes. He he turned to me and he said, no, to you, have a blessed new year. That's amazement. That's amazement because the spirit 
in me was speaking to the spirit in him. And he saw that the spirit had then indicated that we were both part of the church. And when he turned, it was amazing that that happened because he could have walked on after saying that. But it's amazing when the Holy Spirit in you testifies of the Holy Spirit in somebody else and links you together, people you've never seen before. That's a sign and a wonder. And if you've been a saint of God for any time, that's happened to you. But you've got to always expect the unexpected. Because it's in those times of the mundane day-to-day -day life, God is inserting unexpected things that he wants to use you to do to make a difference, not just for right now, but for all eternity. So I encourage you, saints of God, as you go into your daily work with all of its struggles and all of its, its tight deadlines and all of its stress, never stop being amazed. Never stop expecting the unexpected. Because it's in those times when God shows up and he shows out. And he just might be getting ready to do through you something that you will not see in this life, but you'll see in eternity. But you got to stay amazed. You got to keep expecting the unexpected. It may not be today or tomorrow, but keep looking. Because one of these days, amen, he's going to work it in you. Because he said in his word that you have been predestined to good works, that you should walk in them. So I'm just contending and encouraging you today to don't lose your amazement. Don't let your fire go out. To continue to grow day by day by continuing to see God do great things. We don't know what else God has for us. But if we stay amazed, we shall see. And also it keeps us energized. It keeps us anticipating something so that we don't just go to sleep on what God is doing. God has invested a lot in you and me. He gave his life for us. So surely he's got more for us than just sitting back and doing nothing. Surely he wants to continue to use us to affect folks' lives. Stay amazed and grow day by day. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer on today. And at this time, the doors of the church are open. So catch on fire, burning in the Holy Ghost. Body, soul, catch on fire, catch on fire, catch on fire with somebody's soul. Catch on fire, 
for listening to the episodes of this podcast. If you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, I have a big favor to ask of you. Would you go out and give this particular podcast a five-star rating? And also, would you add some review notes specifically about what you like about the episodes, what you like about the preaching and the teaching, and I will be eternally grateful. Thank you again for your support of this podcast.